Welcome to the Iowa Sports Fan Podcast. Jimmy Hawk here, and we have a lot of things to talk about today. Want to focus on on men's basketball and football because uh, a lot of things are, are happening there. And let's kick it off talking a little bit about the bowl game and will they play? That's the big question. Will the Hawkeyes be able to play in a bowl game? Captain Kirk. Kirk Ferentz has COVID. He he can't coach until the 27th, other than virtually, of course. Um, rumors say that there's other coaches with COVID as well and players. Again, rumors. I don't have any information around that. Um, and, of course, we hope that, that anyone who has uh, this virus has little to no symptoms, recovers quickly, um, that's that's number one on everybody's mind here, but we were talking about playing a football game. The Big Ten has their special rule. It was 21 days. If you test positive, you can't participate in football for 21 days. That's been amended to 17 days. But how many players, if they've if they've gotten the virus, and even if they have no symptoms at this point, testing negative, are feel good to go and want to play. I wonder if there's some that will not be able to play because of that rule when the CDC is a seven to 10 days uh, recommendation. So that's kind of an interesting thing. It's unique to the Big Ten. Um, and the timing on amending the, the time period from 21 to 17 days kind of makes me wonder if the Big Ten did that to try to allow some players to be eligible in bowl games but with Iowa getting the draw on the 30th that probably didn't didn't do much for Iowa there but who knows there um, basically the 17 days means if you tested positive prior to the Iowa Wisconsin game you can probably play in the bowl game if you tested positive after you're just out by rule so interesting storyline to watch hopefully everyone's healthy hopefully we don't have uh, many issues here with this, but but who knows? So that's that's just one storyline here. Missouri has been a COVID story all year, and uh, they have a pretty young head coach, Eli uh, Drickwitz, and he's a young guy, late 30s, uh, only had one year of head coaching experience at Appalachian State before being hired at Mizzou for $4 million a year. And he's had to coach through a lot of challenges this year. They had several players opt out of the season prior to the start of the year. They played several games with players out due to COVID. Um, they had fewer than 60 players that suited up in six of their 10 games this year, and that was due to COVID issues. I'm, I'm sure there were other injuries in there as well, but uh, interesting side note there. And now they've had two players opt out of the bowl game. And both players opted out to go to the NFL draft. And they were both juniors, linebacker Nick Bolton, uh, foregoing his senior year. And he had, he, he had 95 tackles this season. He was their leading tackler. And then right tackle Larry Borm announced he's foregoing the senior season entering the draft. So that's another storyline to look at. You know, the Hawkeyes may have some players that opt out. We haven't heard of any of those yet. Who knows? Hopefully not. Uh, we haven't had too many of those in the past. It just seems like, you know, it's such a tight-knit group of players. Um, I mean, everybody has their reasons, but 
but it, it seems like with all they've invested, it, it feels good to get to go and play a bowl game and, and get to go to battle with your brothers again. But, you know, as I said, the more I look at this game, the more excited I am, the more disappointed I am of, of what year this game is in because the Music City Bowl is... is pretty would be a pretty fun bowl to go to i'm not making the trip this year i know there was only fourteen thousand tickets or so available for this one um but man in a, in a different year i'd love to be sitting at tootsies sipping a beverage and listening to some live country music um going to the checking out some of the hole in the wall bars uh with live music uh, great restaurants in Nashville, um, it would be a really fun, fun trip. And hey, I know a lot of fans are going to make the trip, so I hope they just have a great time and really enjoy their experience in Nashville. And it is driving distance for a lot of the fans, so that's a, another positive about this bowl game. So let's go Hawks and let's get win number seven and beat the Tigers. The last time we played Missouri was in the Insight.com Bowl in 2010. I was at that game in Arizona with some family that lives down in that area. And, you know, Hawks Plate were looking good early on. It didn't look so good near the end. And then Missouri's great quarterback, Blaine Gabbert, threw a really ill-advised pass. And Micah Hyde, the great Micah Hyde, the Buffalo Bill, picked off that pass and took it all the way to the house for a touchdown. And the Hawkeyes got the win. And it was a it was a huge win that year for that team. They really needed that. Uh, Missouri was ranked, I, I can't remember what they were ranked, 13, 17, somewhere in the teens, I think. So uh, it was a big win. So let's get the Tigers again. Now for basketball, wow. My Gonzaga prediction couldn't have been more off base. And the team shooting 29% from three was lights out especially in the first half. Uh, Suggs was just amazing drilling threes. I think he'd only had two all season and had, I believe it was five in the first half. He couldn't miss. Um, and then the Hawkeyes shooting 40% almost on the season really struggled from three and only ended up making four out of 22 shots from behind the arc. And I just never would have predicted that. And it's not like Gonzaga was in their face every time, playing great defense. I mean, they had some open looks and just could not knock them down. So that was disappointing. Um, hopefully that's the last time the Hawkeyes shoot like that this season. But if they do, if they do have another game like that, they need to have better transition D, half-court D, and rebounding. And especially rebounding on the defensive end. So I, I kind of wondered after that game if the Hawks have gotten used to just outscoring teams 180 and, and just weren't ready on Saturday to try to win with other aspects of the game when their shot wasn't falling. So I think it was a learning experience, and, and the Hawks were able to get a win in their first Big Ten game Tuesday night against the Purdue Bo Boilermakers. So question here, does the state of Indiana breed seven foot four inch centers or or where does Purdue keep getting these giants uh, I mean this I can't believe the the centers that they've had over the last five or six years it seems like at least so 
But the interesting thing against the Boilermakers was the solid defense the Hawkeyes played. And they kept, kept Purdue off the offensive glass, and that was really big. The Hawkeyes did not shoot particularly well again. Uh, but against Purdue, the defense was, was superb. And the Hawkeyes got to the line and kept Purdue from getting second chances. And, you know, the shooting was frustrating at times. There were a couple of long scoring droughts, one in each half that were around five minutes. But it was really nice to see the Hawkeyes get the win when the offense wasn't clicking like it normally is. So good win for the Hawkeyes, 1-0 in the Big Ten now. And Luca Garza, I mean, rave about him all the time. That's all you can do. We've got a pretty good sampling of games now with eight, and he's averaging 28 points and nine rebounds per game. He's now the third leading scorer in Iowa history and will soon be second all-time between Roy Marble, who's going to pass Aaron White, <laughs> the great Aaron White who, who played not too long ago. But he's averaging 28 points in just over 27 minutes per game, and and... You know, so he's scoring over one point per minute. He's the most efficient basketball player in the NCAA by far. And we're so fortunate to have him as a Hawkeye. And, and he gets to go out there and let that peacock fly. As a compliment to Luca, Joe Wieskamp is playing really good basketball right now. And, and having a tandem of, of Luca and Joe playing at this high level is really tough for teams to defend. And Joe is really expanding his game. He is getting to the basket. He's, he's moving without the ball so well right now and getting open for layups. And he's a great three-point shooter also. So, man, I mean, with Luka inside and the, and the sharp shooters, you know, they, they've been a little bit cold, but, but they're going to get it back. This is a good shooting team. They've done it other years. They're going to they're gonna get that shot back, and they're going to start knocking them down. And, hey, they were showing video of Connor McCaffrey out there drilling threes after the game, trying to get that shot back because he hasn't he – ha he's really struggled shooting the three this year after improving last year to, you know, where he was pretty decent. He still needs to get that percentage up a little bit. But, hey, these guys are, are going to put the work in, and they're going to get there. And a shout-out to Jordan Bohannon. He's now 10th all-time on the Big Ten three-point list. He hit his 300th career three Tuesday night. And, you know, he hasn't been shooting like we have come to expect from him, but hopefully he'll get back to being the sharpshooter that, that he's really capable of being. So congrats to him. Uh, he's by far the Iowa all-time three-point shooter, uh, and, and he's going to get that shot back. I don't want to go up and down the lineup listing every player, but I do want to uh, talk about one more guy, and that's Keegan Murray. Uh, after that Purdue performance, he comes off the bench, calmly hits a three, and then he took two great passes from Joe Toussaint and, and dunked both times. And we're going to really like watching that tandem out on the court over the next two-plus years. So so it's, it's, it's really fun. I... I watched a, a replay here recently of Iowa, Michigan in 1993, and freshman Kenyon Murray was his dad was out there, just balling. So it's it's fun to see Keegan and his brother Chris get this opportunity as well. 
So next up for the Hawkeye basketball team is at Minnesota against the 7-1 Gophers, whose only loss was a big one to 18th-ranked Illinois by 27 points. And the Gophers do have some talented players, and they really battled Iowa last year. They're led by Marcus Carr, who broke the Minnesota all-time season assist record last year, but, but he can also score in bunches. He has two 30-plus point games this year. And watch the matchup between Luca Garza and Liam Robbins, the Davenport native. He's a seven-footer who transferred from, from Drake in Des Moines, and he received immediate eligibility. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, his dad's in a an assistant coach on, on the Minnesota team. So he's averaging almost 12 points and seven rebounds a game. And Minnesota's a little bit more guard heavy, but also has some experienced 6'8", 6'9", guys that are going to be rotating in. They'll have to, to to try to slow down Garza. Uh, you know, with the talented center Daniel Oturu from last year taking his talents to the NBA, um, that battle with Robbins, the seven-footer, will be, will be an interesting uh, thing to look for in the game on Christmas Day. And I like the Hawkeyes in this matchup. It's going to be in the barn, Williams Arena. Christmas Day, and what a nice present from Santa to get to see our Hawkeyes play on Christmas. So let's get to 2-0 in the Big Ten, Hawkeyes. Uh, this basketball team, you know, gives us a lot to be thankful for this time of year. Uh, sense of some normalcy getting to watch their games. Let's hope we get to see the football team play on the 30th. And happy holidays, everyone. And as always, go Hawks.